This is Chaz Woodson, and you're listening to the Going Offsides Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. So we have a great guest today. But before we get to that, Ryan, we got some breaking news, if you will, in the lacrosse world. Can't say we didn't see this coming. Okay. But you know, uh, it's the world we live in with everything going on. We do see some light at the tunnel, but you know, everybody's erring on the side of caution, which I totally get. Um, World lacrosse championships are moving from summer 2021 to summer 2022. Um, which, you know, hindsight's 2020. I mean, really, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a, a good plan. Um, better to be safe than sorry. I mean, we, we know what's going on right now in the world of COVID. You know, we, we do see that there are, are vaccines out there and, you know, they're going to be rolling those out, which is awesome. I think, you know, it's going to turn life back to some sort of normalcy. Um, but, you know, it's going to take some time to get that out, you know, not just in this country, but across the world. And, you know, probably bringing... Um, all of these people together uh, at one venue uh, at this juncture is is probably not the the safest thing in, in terms of uh, in in terms of health. Um, you know, I, obviously, I'm sure um, the people and the organizers and everything like that did everything in their power to really try and find a way to to make this work. But you know, with with that amount of people. With everything going on, um, you know, they just decided, hey, we're going to move this to 2022. Um, I, I, I prefer that. I like it. I like things on even years, man. You know, you, you start throwing odd numbers at me. Uh, I, I get thrown off. I get really thrown off. Yeah, that's just that's just who I am and, and what I'm about. But, um, you know, not just that, man. So what started out as the U19 championships in uh, Limerick uh, then turned into the U20 championships in Limerick. Hey, maybe maybe third time's a charm. We're going for it. The luck of the Irish Limerick um, in uh, 2022, the U21 uh, World Championships. Now, um, this is going to be a one-time thing. Um, I don't know if they're going to go back to the U19 format um, or they're going to kind of keep it at the U20 format. But in 2022, they will be doing the uh, U21 World Championships in Limerick, which, you know, once again, I think for all the reasons I just stated, um, probably the smart thing to do. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, for what everybody wants is a, is a great and well-run event with fans there with the ability to showcase the world's best talent. I think it's a, I think it's a good idea. I think that extra year for those players, um, is gonna, is gonna make an even greater product. I think you're going to see the most competitive, um, uh, you, uh, you know, uh, aspect of that event. I mean, typically it was U19. You had the majority of guys coming out of high school. Um, maybe you had a few guys that had gotten a year in college uh, and being able to play in that event. But now you're going to have guys that have, you know, multiple years of college experience. You know, you're going to get to see, you know, Brennan O'Neill play after uh, a year or two of college lacrosse um, going through that Duke system along with, you know, Naso and a bunch of these other guys, um, it's going to be a really good event. And, and, and just the talent that team Canada is going to bring the Iroquois, everybody, I think it's going to be an awesome event. Now, am I upset that both of these events aren't going to be there this, this summer? Absolutely. But Hey, we're going to, we're going to get to them at some point. What are your thoughts, my man? I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's, it's better off having what we think will be the full event than to try to have like a fanless event 
with people from all over the world trying to make this happen. It, it just logistically was going to be a nightmare and we would probably be delayed, delayed, delay. And then at the last second have to cancel. So this is just the safer route. It's probably better for the future of the event. And, you know, like I said, I think it was just, we were eventually at some point going to delay this again. So instead let's just, let's just tell everybody and as a planner, I like this too, because now as a kid, I'm not wondering, you know, if I'm on that U20 team or the U21 team, I'm not wondering ever from week to week, month to month, are we going to play this summer? Are we going to play this summer? Now it's like, Hey, it's going to be next year. All things point towards everything going fine by then. And, and then you can really start to plan it out like that. And as a coach too, like you can kind of like, all right, we have a year now. We don't have a yeah. few months. We ha we have a year now. So how we're going to use that year and then, and they can do that planning as well. So I think you got an extra year of uh, motivational emails from Nick Myers. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, they need that. Need who that. doesn't man i'd run through a wall for that guy <laughs> all right so today we have a great guest we we've been showing a little love to to the canadians and especially the nll players recently and that and that is not any different this week we welcome in second round 12th overall draft pick of the toronto rock in 2016 at the tender age of 18 he's now entering his fifth season already okay drafted at 18 he's already in his fifth season he's still one of the youngest guys in the league and he's already a four-year veteran so a we welcome stud yeah yeah absolute stud probably one of the fastest guys in the league you'll hear more about that later but this week we welcome Latrell Harris well first of all it's it's great to great to get you on um kind of wanted to talk about your your journey right it's it's been pretty interesting it's been not the typical journey especially because I think the whole point of you moving to the States, what was it, your junior year, was yep. to create the very typical journey of, of go play lacrosse in the States. That's right. Get a scholarship, do that, go to school, and then figure out, you know, pro lacrosse after that. But, yes, sir. you know, that's not how things happen. So I, I'm personally interested to know, and I think the listeners would be too, how, how did you end up living with the Monroes? Okay, so there was a couple summers before uh, my junior year where uh, Damon Monroe, who used to be the owner of 3D Lacrosse, mm -hmm. uh, his son Colin Monroe came down here and just kind of wanted to get in touch with box lacrosse and just kind of start learning from it. And then he actually joined our team for two seasons. Uh, every summer he'd come down here. Uh, I'm pretty sure that his grandparents uh, have a house in Narragona Lake. Okay. So that's where he would stay from the summers and stuff. And then um, our last year of midget, which is grade 10, I believe, uh, the dad, Jamie Monroe, just kind of gave me an opportunity to come and live at their house and uh, just kind of hope for a scholarship and see what uh, we can get out of it. So, yeah, it was just one conversation and we just had to talk about it with my family and uh, so on. And, yeah, that's pretty cool. And so living, how was that different from your experiences in lacrosse before, right? Moving to Colorado and playing field is very different from growing up in, in Ontario and playing box. Of course. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Obviously living in the States is a lot different than Canada. Uh, just the way that everything is set up, the homes and the houses and from time to time, the people, of course, but um, the lacrosse there is really good, really, really well. Like the athletes there are uh, dual to triple sport athletes uh, sometimes. And, the level of play, I believe, in the States uh, can be a lot more uh, better just because of the depth they have mm -hmm. and at the schools and stuff like that. So I was really pumped to be allowed and 
uh, to be on the team and just I just got a lot better from we practiced every day when uh, time came for season our off training uh, off training season was great we had a sick uh, coach Jake Herman he was he passed away uh, sadly RIP but he was a big mentor of mine uh, to getting down there and he kind of took me under his wing once I got down there too so it was great and then so you know unfortunately you were able well you were able to earn a scholarship and then unfortunately it was it was pulled uh kind of out of the blue for you and so you're you're back in Canada at that point and you're trying to figure out what to do next and I believe your cousin recommends that you go to the Everest Academy and so how, how did that kind of that pivot to going to the Everest how did that impact you kind of emotionally was that kind of like a rebirth for you like a, a new motivation for you to, to go to Everest and kind of prove yourself once again or you know how, how did you handle all of that yeah um I, I can't really go back to how I handled it I can't mm-hmm. tell you spot on but I was definitely excited to start a new journey of course uh I kind of fell in love with lacrosse around that time before it was mixed between hockey and lacrosse so I didn't mm-hmm. really have my mind thinking on lacrosse all the time but uh, moving to Denver and I was just having my mind on lacrosse 24 7 and now I had an opportunity to go to prep school where I could train lacrosse uh, be with my teammates because we lived in the housing unit there Mm -hmm. so it was just lacrosse all the time and it was great we went away maybe every to every other weekend to play lacrosse or we're just on the road with the boys you know it kind of made me like pick me up a little bit rather than just being like Oh, here I am. I got my scholarship taken away from me. You know, all this was out there. Now I'm a little bit of nothing. I got to start from something. Right. Yeah. And so at, at the time, I, I'm I'm trying to think who was the coach at Everest at that time? Was it still Clem or was it? So yep, it was uh, Clem. Clem Durazio. Yep. Okay. And so did that have an, any impact at all? You know, now he works for the Black Wolves, right? So did that have any impact at all on you pursuing box later down the line professionally? Um, no, but okay. we have had a couple conversations where he wanted me to uh, keep going with school and because mm-hmm. he said, you know, Latrell, after a couple of years, you're bound to be in the NLL, you know, just the way the life is going. So there's no rush to put your name in the draft. He actually really wanted me to go the school route and not go into the NLL early. So we did have a couple of talks about that. And uh, yeah, it was just after the grade 12 year at Everest, I went back to my old high school, 12B at Dennis Morris Catholic High School. Mm-hmm. And that's where the conversation came about putting my name into the draft. And from there, it's history. So you're you're 18, you get drafted to the NLL. Obviously, the Toronto Rock were, you know, a major factor in that. They were the, the team that talked to you. And they were the one that ultimately pulled the trigger on you. How, I mean... It's hard to describe, I'm sure, but how life-changing was it for you or how, what, what kind of satisfaction did you get the moment you found out you were actually drafted and now kind of the next couple of years of your life had kind of a, a more distinct path with lacrosse? Instead of jumping around like you had been the last couple of years, you now had this, this distinct goal, like you had kind of made it in a way. Um, kind, of, kind of walk me through the, the, all of that. Yeah. Uh, so it was actually really cool, uh, of course, because I was still in high school. So mm-hmm. I went to school uh, on draft day, blah, blah, blah. A couple <laughs> of my friends were, you know, just like, how are you here right now? Like, you're about to hopefully you get drafted. I would not be at school type of deal. Mm-hmm. But then uh, later that night, I came to the track and everything went down. I had my family 
sisters, cousins, my, two of my grandmas. So it was really cool. And I, I don't know, you know, like at the time I got drafted, I was super ecstatic, obviously. It's very close to my home, Oakville uh, to St. Catharines is around mm-hmm. 45 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic. Uh, that meaning my family is not far away from me at all if they're to come watch some preseason games or if I had a practice type of deal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess uh, by the time training camp uh, came around, I guess it started to really pick up to me that I'm like, okay, this is this is for real now. You know, you're not just waiting to see if you make a practice roster or mm-hmm. but now, you know, you might have a chance to be in a lineup. So <laughs> I don't know, man. It was crazy. <laughs> I was so young with all these veterans mm-hmm. and all these older men, and it was just like so cool. I'm seeing names that I've seen in the paper or magazines and stuff like that. Now I'm like teammates with them. And it's just like, okay, okay, yeah. we're here now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine it. I'm trying to put it into any other sport. And, you know, like in hockey, kids get drafted young all the time, and maybe they go in earlier than other sports, but like, you're still not getting 18 year old professionals, you know, maybe, right. maybe tennis, maybe golf here or there, but like, it's absolutely unreal. And especially in a contact sport, like you're literally being thrown like, all right, graduation. Great. Now go play with, you know, these legends and these giant yeah. animal. So, um, I can't even imagine what that was like. Did you decide to go back to school immediately? Was that always part of the plan or did you kind of take some time, uh, to train and everything like that and then was that a decision you made later on uh yeah believe it or not i was actually not really wanting to go back to school after 12b for at least a little bit mm-hmm. um and growing up in st Catharines, uh you know brock uh well being an athlete in, in the sport of lacrosse you don't really think of Canadian universities as like all that or what you want to go to. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple buddies, Alex Pace, uh, Alec Tamis, a couple other guys I played uh, for my junior A team who also went to Brock. So we were always just chit-chatting amongst each other, just saying uh, Brock Lacoste is legit, blah, 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 just come and play and get your schooling and stuff like that. So I finally reached out to the coach there, which is uh, Tim Louie. And yeah, from there I just went and Mm-hmm. So are you playing field lacrosse for Brock while also being in the NL playing box? Uh, yes, I did for the first two, for the first three years. Okay. Uh, it was really cool. It was perfect timing. Uh, Brock was September to end of November, maybe the first two weeks of November. And then right after that, our training camp started. So it was just season after season. Okay. And so I'm trying to think of how to word this. <laughs> So you're, it's gotta be the, probably one of the most unique experiences ever, right? Because usually a professional doesn't go to school while being a professional, you know, lacrosse obviously is a little bit different in, in a lot of ways being a professional, but, um, and then to also play what is essentially another sport while being a professional is also really interesting. Do you think the, the ability to play field at Brock helped you kind of with, preparing for making team Canada and, and pl- for the field team and, and just field experience in general, elevate that a little bit more. Yeah. It's always nice to uh, play field. A, I love having a long pole in my hands. I'm a mm-hmm. defender. So it's nice just to D up on kids and B it just keeps your, uh, your, your conditioning up to par and your mental and your awareness and everything's just straight up to par. Obviously uh, the playing potential wasn't 
to that, but mm-hmm. it kept it kept my talking abilities up. It kept my slides going. You know, just being around the team, a field lacrosse team, has definitely helped that for sure. So you're 18 years old. You you get to the league. Who, if there was one specific person, who kind of was your mentor that first year, or who who kind of made a big impact on you going into that rock locker room? Yeah. So I would. Uh, the first rock player that I met actually was Brett Hickey. He was here at the draft uh, watching. So that was my first handshake to a player. And uh, then after that, uh, my first roommate actually was Damon Edwards, uh, number 45. So I would say he was a big role model for me and because we're also roomies. So, you know, it was just, uh, it was good just to kind of relate to him. You know, we mm-hmm. kind of had uh, some similar stories growing up and stuff like that. So it was just good to, kind of fall back on his part and just have him guide me along with uh, Brody Merrill, Sandy Chapman. Um, gosh, so many names that I could, yeah. I could say. So, so you're 22 now, you know, you're entering your fourth year in the league, right? Uh, this upcoming season would be my fifth. Fifth. Okay. So yeah. fifth year in the league, you're, you're pretty much a veteran now at a super young age. I'll take it. <laughs> um, do you find yourself kind of looking at the, I mean, you're still got to be one of the youngest players in the league, right? Yeah, uh, I would think so. I know there's a couple uh, mm-hmm. younger players as well, but. Do you kind of see yourself like uh, developing into kind of like that mentor for, for the newer teammates or the newer draft picks, even though, you know, you're a similar age as a lot of the guys that are just getting drafted? Yeah, I think so. I think I was just blessed with the opportunity to, uh, get in this league and kind of have a couple seasons under my belt. Um, I, I, I would love to be a mentor. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't really think of it like that just because of the position you're in. But when you sit down and talk about it, I think that would be uh, an amazing thing to do, A, just to help the, the youth and, you know, just to give back. And B, just to, you know, just because I've been in the league, I'm not going to be up here with my mentality. Like, I'm still level-headed, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can relate to the younger guys a lot, especially because you are still, you know, you, you're just finishing college. You're still the yeah. same age. Like, it's just your experience has been a little different. Um, so, you know, obviously you've you had a great rookie year. You made the all-rookie team. You, you've been dealing with some injuries over the last couple of seasons. Um, what I, I read somewhere recently that you, you feel pretty healthy right now. What kind of can can people expect i think from a full season of, of hopefully a healthy latrell harris i think they will be seeing some speed uh <laughs> hopefully helping with our transition game here up and down the floor uh love running love going after loose balls and stuff like that i'm um, just just hoping or not hoping i'm just willing to be the player that the team draft me to be i'm just a, a lockdown player very you know aggressive and mm-hmm not stopping uh, defender. And I'm just excited to get back in front of the, the organization, my teammates and the, and the fans and just show them what Toronto Rock Lacrosse is about. Yeah, I can't can't wait for the spring. Hopefully April stays true and we can get some professional lacrosse going because I cannot wait. I was That's talking true. to Scott from MSN Laser in Westburg last week and I was talking about, you know, I live in Detroit, so no matter what, whether I go to Buffalo or Toronto, it's five hours. But as of right now, I can't go to Toronto. Right. So I'm really hoping to get to a game this spring. Absolutely. Uh, if you could, and and feel free if it takes a minute, um, 
if you could give any kind of advice to younger players that are kind of always with that D1 or bust mentality of I have to go D1 and get a scholarship or else I can't play professionally. You know, there are guys that take alternative paths like you, you know, Eli Gobrecht, he's, he's one of the best D poles in the world and, and he went D3. So like what kind of, what kind of advice would you give a younger player going through that whole process that kind of, maybe they feel a little hopeless. Maybe, you know, things aren't going exactly their way. Right. I believe any NCAA team for whatever sport you're going to, if you get a scholarship opportunity, you are more than blessed because there are people who get overlooked or there are athletes who don't even get the opportunity to show themselves and showcase themselves. Uh, D3, D2, D1, either way, it does not matter. Uh, either way, it's a blessing and an opportunity for you to get that much better or for you to open up more doors for your future of yourself. and just because you don't get a full scholarly or just because you don't get the D1 offer doesn't mean that you're not who you are or who you can be. Mm-hmm. You know, D3, D2 is just as great. You can even maybe being down the line of, of a D1 program, now you're in the top 10 of a D2, D3 program and that's your name gets out there, you know. People start talking positive about you. Oh, this guy's doing this and this for the school. You never know what can happen. There's way more doors than people think that you can open and yeah. Just keep your keep your head up, keep your mentality right, keep your humbleness on point. You should be all right. All right, that's perfect advice. And, and funny you say that too, because with the NLL especially, I feel like you see a lot of guys that play in the NLL and the MLL that are, you know, they're D2 guys. I feel like a lot of the Canadians that come over, they get overlooked a lot. And yep. so they end up, you know, schools like Robert Morris, it's a D1 school, but it's a great place if you, if you have that kind of box background you know, limestone, uh, a couple other places are great places too. So I think, like you said, it it doesn't really matter where you go. It's kind of what you make of it and uh, you know, just keep pushing. I mean, we just had a club guy signed to the seals, right? So he didn't even play NCAA at all. So it it doesn't, it, it doesn't hurt, but it's not the end of the world and there's more than one path to get there. Exactly. Well, Latrell, I really appreciate your time, and we, and we really look forward to, to seeing you play this season and, and hopefully, like you said, play with a little bit of speed. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on here. I'm appreciated and I'm honored. And, yes, I will be grinding to keep my speed up to par for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, everybody, a quick reminder, if you want to support us or just support lacrosse in general, go to laxallstars.com slash going offsides, where you can get discounts at the LAS store and, and plenty of other places.